Songezo mapete on the viewpoint. Mr. Tabilinge Ngonjane, agricultural economist at the National Agricultural Marketing Research Council in the country. He's on the line now. Citrus farmers across the country again are calling on President Ramaphosa to provide an urgent update on whether the SA government intends to convene a WTO panel to adjudicate on the new false codling moth FCM regulation governing the importation stroke exportation in this instance of South African oranges to the EU. The new measures require South African farmers to apply extreme cold treatment to all Europe-bound oranges and keep the fruits at temperatures of 2 degrees Celsius or lower for a minimum of 25 days at least. This is done to tackle the potential spread of an insect called the false codling moth, a pest native to sub-Saharan Africa which feeds on fruits including oranges and grapefruit. Now, this really does traverse serious established norms of the WTO trading system, not least national treatment and most favored nation, as well as the tariffs associated with this. I mean, this is a technical barrier to entry. Would you not say, Tabila? Good evening. Welcome to SAFM. Good evening, Sunday. Thanks for having me. You've heard my comment. Go for it, please. Um, so, yeah, you know, as you mentioned, that you know, at the moment we are going through some issues around the citrus industry, and this is something that uh, the industry has been vocal about. Um, so, if one can recall, this is such an issue because uh, even last year the industry has to voluntarily stop exporting some of the oranges, particularly into the EU market, and this is such a huge market because it has been culturally or traditionally been the largest. Uh, for the, the South African exports. Therefore, it has implications, which is why it is understandable that the industry guys are very anxious about it because now we are going into, again, to the season where we're going to be able to export again. So it has assembly or at least some dire uh, consequences if it has not been uh, you know, uh, revoked uh, before the, the larger uh, oranges are to be exported. At least they get into the market for the export uh, Destinations as uh, Europe is, is one of those countries, also other regions, which has been a key market for South Africa. So it is such a situation that now the industry it is very nervous about. And sorry, 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 Tabila, your your line is not great at all. I am struggling to hear you. I'm just going to ask that you move okay. around. I want to give you an opportunity with the production team as well to sort this out. But for those of you who've just joined the conversation, Tabila is an agricultural economist at the National Agricultural Marketing Research Council. We are talking about the fact that the EU has imposed stringent conditions associated to their importation of South African oranges, specifically requiring at a phytosanitary level phytosanitary edibles phytosanitary non-edibles if you like they want south african oranges for a period of 25 days to be stored at a minimum 25 days anyway to be stored at temperatures below two degrees in other words they must please the european import market that's one thing is it scientifically based this point that they are raising is a question that has to be asked does it not offend the technical barriers to trade institutions that are part of every negotiating round at the WTO and especially why access to markets is such an issue? These are the kinds of barriers to entry 
that are talked about at that international trade level. Now, if this indeed should prevail, what options then are available to South African importers of EU goods? What in trade terms is usually referred to as retaliation? And retaliation doesn't necessarily have to be like for like. It could be retaliation on a different indicator. Here we're talking about oranges, the retaliation from South Africa to the EU in terms of making more stringent access of their goods into our market that much more. This unfortunately creates this kind of problem in otherwise established systems of international trade. Tabili, I understand you are back. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear I can hear you, but I think the problem still persists. But let's let, let, let's try our luck. Now, what generally would be the position where the exporter, the South African citrus industry, is faced with these non-viable technical barriers, as it is called, because among other things, the argument is that this is not scientifically based, what they are now alleging that this false coddling moth will proliferate, will multiply if the temperature is in excess of four or five degrees. Science says otherwise, at least this is what the South African science says. What happens? How is a dispute of this kind normally settled at WTO level? Um, so at the, at the moment, the, the, the Satana government it is engaging firstly uh, with the EU just to at least uh, come up with means to be able to, uh, you know, just go around the entire situation. But as, as you said, uh, scientifically, it is something that has been still questionable as far as South Africa at least is concerned. This, uh, at least the, the industry knew it as a sort of a technical issue or barrier that kind of prevents Orange from South Africa to enter that market, and as I said earlier, that this has such a simply such a huge implications for the industry because you know they have always been the largest market for South African oranges, and therefore it is something that um, you know the industry and the state at large it is taking it seriously as you are aware. Even last year when this was uh, was 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 brought into into our attention. The state, uh, the development, and the industry guys, they, they, they managed to go around at least to, to have some negotiations with, with the EU to ensure that some of the fruits, uh, the oranges, enter that market. But for now, it looks like for this year, it's not going to be as, as, as that easy. Therefore, it is something that I feel like the, the industry is, uh, you know, uh, understandable. So, because we are increasing our production every year. As last year exported such a large quantity in the previous year, therefore it is this is a blow for the producers in general, and therefore it needs an attention that is currently getting because it is getting an attention that unfortunately some of the details um, cannot be you know uh, put out uh, because it's still a sensitive issue and um, it's still as I saying that it's still uh, within the talks uh, between the EU, within the government of Africa and the EU, and of course uh, the plan is to take it to the WTO. And should that happen, what are the time frames we're looking at? Because the export season starts now in March, yeah. one, two. And in the interim, what happens whilst the dispute is live and there's no particular decision? Does South Africa absorb these costs? In other words, are we talking about the 1.4 billion rand that has to be now invested for, store, for, for, for cold storage technology and capacity? more in um, terms of potential losses of income that will amount to something like 500 million. This, of course, is in addition to some of the requirements that were made in the middle of the export season last year that effectively meant that some 200 million needed to be invested 
and that had yeah. to be found from somewhere. So the losses that we are potentially talking about here are huge, or the investments that have to be made are yeah. huge. So late in the day before export season, the damage becomes that much more pronounced. So what happens when the debate, or rather the litigation, is live? What, what, what happens yeah. to the export market um, regime? Um, because first of all, as I said, that the EU is one of the, is the biggest market for South African oranges, and therefore, if if that market cannot be accessed at least uh, accessible for, for the season, then it means then the industry is literally uh, brought to its knees. And you are mentioning that it requires a certain time that, for example, to have these talks with the WTO, you know, to have process, it takes months. It can go for uh, as long as uh, for three hours and above, depending on the circumstances, of course. So uh, as for South Africa, the industries, there is no way that they can be able to invest this amount of money within such a short period of time. As you are mentioning that in a few weeks, we're going to be entering to the market, therefore we should be exporting. Uh, in fact, there's already delays because of the rain. For example, for the lemons, they should have been already been into the market, but because of the uh, those particular issues, therefore we cannot be able to export. So the main issue here is to be able to have some sort of uh, arrangement, but at least maybe the state uh, get some to you know some arrangement between the EU so that at least the BCA we are able to export. It can be a certain amount, but of course, if we cannot be able to export to EU, the industry is going to be brought to its knees because it is such an important market which is earning a lot of foreign uh, income for South Africa. It has been the leading uh, uh, you know commodity amongst other products like your wool, you know your aircraft and other things, but it is such a huge, uh, it's going to be a huge loss. It has some serious implications, not only for the market, also for a lot of people that are employed in that. The industry is one of the largest. It employs, it employs a lot of people permanently and also seasonally without going to the processing part of the product. Now, South Africa does have an ambassador, or at least should have an ambassador at the WTO. That's one thing. But it becomes very much a potentially diplomatic issue between the EU at, at yeah. that geopolitical level as it would become one with their respective counterpart, in this instance, the president. Are we aware of any positions that have been taken either by the presidency or the Department of International Relations and Cooperation or our permanent representative at the WTO very quickly? Um, so, as, as, yeah, as I said earlier, that is still uh, there are still talks. And uh, as it happened last year, the department, uh, the minister was engaging the, you know, the, the, the EU you know, directly, and of course the, and the industry as they are involved. So it can somehow be a diplomatic kind of a thing. But as I said, that is kind of sensitive at the moment to be pulling out everything because it is still uh, in, in talks. Therefore, we, uh, we are watching on that. It's something that we are hoping that is going to be resolved because there is no way that the industry will be able to inject such a lot of money within a short period of time. Even if we are to take the route of the WTO, it's going to take a minute, it's going to take a while to be able to resolve the situation. Therefore, we are still at risk even in that. So the most viable situation will be to go in the, the diplomatic part of it because you know, we're trading a lot with it. It has been an hour, you know, trading partner for some time. Therefore, we are both important for them and, and for us to export and then also to import from them, which is very well. Let's leave it there. Thank you so much for your time, Mr. Tabi Lengonjane, Agricultural Economist at the National Agricultural Marketing Research Council, engaging us on the Citrus Growers Association's 
and what seems to be their woes heading into the winter season here in South Africa, and which for them is a time to cash in, certainly not against what the EU is requiring of the conditions under which they will receive the South African citrus. Well, go read up on that if you're interested in international trade law. For now, it's time for news. It's Modupi Makhalimele. Independent and impartial.